And one thing I've been doing lately here on JR the P, different concepts relatable to the stand-up comedian. I spoke about belief, the importance of belief in a stand-up comedy career. <clears throat> I talked about the importance of fun, the importance of having fun in a stand-up comedy career. <clears throat> and now I want to speak about the importance of resilience. You got to be resilient. You know, you got to have a tough backbone. See all this wow, wow, wow bullshit in the background while I'm doing podcast? Well, this is a form of performance, a comedic vodcast, podcast. There's like, you know, background interference. Very much when you're on stage as a stand-up comedian, you have to have resilience. Hecklers, naysayers, interrupters, you know? You have to have that resilience, that backbone, that gumption. Very important in a stand-up comedy career. And you got a lot of negativity. Yeah, bad things. Yeah, a lot of bad things. They wish and they wish and they wish on me. <laughs> bad things. A lot of bad things motherfuckers be wishing on me. You know, not for any particular reason, just because they're, you know, deprived, you know, despondent, despicable, you know, dopey, dummy, dipshit, dilettante, you know, Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat in the Hat, fake ass fucking, you know, clowns, clods, clod hoppers, you know, trash, horrible people. These are the type of people that will try to destroy you in a career, whether it be stand-up comedy, whether it be, um, you know, being a plumber, being a doctor, a dentist, bad things, <laughs> they'd be wishing on me, you know, and for no particular reason. That's why you have to have resilience as a stand-up comedian. Case in point, um, I'm very much in the infancy of my career. I've been doing stand-up comedy for like 13 years. And it's a trade that takes time. And there ain't no right or wrong way to do it. As long as you're putting in the time and getting on stage and, you know, these are tough times now due to COVID, but fuck it. No need to worry about that or whine about it. What you have to do is find your way forward. And there's no right or wrong route as long as you're putting in the time and working towards learning and growing. So I'm very much in my infancy in a lot of ways. You know, 13, 12, coming up 13 years as a stand-up comic or something like that, 12, 13 or whatever. I have to count it at some point. But um, still very much in a learning phase. And, you know, so I'm working, you know, working towards my goals. And to fulfill that, to sustain that, I got to work. Blue collar Joe Jobs, you know? Hey, it's a reality. You know, it takes money to make money. Business is business. Hey, there's realities. You know, it ain't all goofing and goofballing and gagging and, you know, lollygagging. You know, it's, you know, sometimes you got to do shit just to pay the bills, right? So, you know, I worked a work, which I'm very grateful for. And, you know, a couple years ago, um, I recall, you know, I was doing, you know, just the basic lifestyle of a comic, gigging, 
at night, working by day. So throughout the week, you know, I was on my hustle, on my grind, going to open mics, trying to make connections, trying to get in at clubs, you know, doing that comic lifestyle, that nocturnal hunt for comedy and that daytime grind, working, Joe blue collar jobs, gigs. I was doing like construction laboring. I was a site cleaner. I would clean up work sites, construction sites, organize material, sweep, dust, take out trash, the whole kit and caboodle. Then at night, I'd go do stand-up comedy. And I was working for this one company that they, they were pretty good to me. I enjoyed my time with them. They were giving me consistent work. They uh, were respectful of me. Even to the point in which I kind of looked up to a couple of the site supervisors. One in particular, um, I kind of looked up to him in a sense. I was like, you know what? He's a hardworking guy. He's a family man. And, you know, he spoke and dealt very professionally. And he appeared very grounded. And I was like, that's pretty cool. If I can incorporate some of that into my stand-up life, that's something to, t to take note of. That don't kill me. Something to take note of. Incorporating, incorporating a business sense into a stand-up comedy career. So then one day, he and I, you know, I'd been working with him for a few months, you know, a considerable time. It had been like, you know, five, six months we'd been working together. And, you know, the site supervisor, one day he just turns to me and he goes, cool, Jonathan. So, like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what's, what's your goals outside of, like, are you, like, what, what are your goals? Do you want to continue on in construction? Like, what is it that you do? We were just having a talking moment, right? We had never really kind of talked on any personal note. And I said, well, you know, actually, I'm a stand-up comic. <clears throat> yeah, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? At the drop of a dime. Hey, Jonathan, what's your dream? My dream's to be a stand-up comic. <clears throat> yeah, how's that working for you? A complete 180. A snake in the grass. Coming at me with smiles. Coming at me with joviality. Coming at me with je ne sais quoi, you know, juniper berries, you know, coming at me with a Jesus type love. And that's a horrible comparison because he was more like the devil, you know, just a little alliteration there, you know, joviality, you know, juniper berry, Jesus, but he was more like Satan, you know, prince of lies, darkness coming at me with all these smiles. Ha! Bad things. A lot of bad things. They be wishing, they wishing on me. Ha! Here I am, busting my ass day and night. Well, day. I was doing comedy at night. So I guess I was busting my ass day and night, technically. But anyway, I was busting my ass for this guy, doing a great job cleaning the site, good attitude, working with people, reliable worker. Then he asks me, 
So Jonathan, what's your dream? Yeah, my dream is to be a stand-up comic. <laughs> yeah, how's that going for you? Snake in the grass. Son of Satan. Luckily, I had a pretty cool answer. I said, actually, it's going pretty good. Um, I got a weekend gig. I'm going to be out of town this weekend making a little money doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, like, I'm a gigging stand-up comic. He goes, oh, huh. resilience. That's the importance of resilience. These snake in the grass people, son of Satan, Dr. Seuss, mother goose, cat in the hat, fake ass fucking dummy, Dylan Totten, dipshit, you know, bottom feeders. People that could be your friends, family, acquaintances work relations you never know when they're going to spring it on you you think that a person that you know knows you in a working sense relies upon you somebody that you know i had a good working relationship with you think you would be happy to hear that oh i don't want to just be some day laborer temporary laborer that, you know, I got goals and aspirations. You think he would have been happy for me. But no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that working for you? And that's relatable across careers. Whatever you do, there's people that are going to want to step on you. And not long after that, I kind of became a little bit more entrepreneurial in my pursuit as a stand-up comic. I started um, hosting my own gigs, putting together my own shows. Our Righteous Mike. That was a stand-up comedy show that I produced in downtown Toronto for like, uh, you know, this was like in 2019, pre, you know, pre-pandemic. I was doing like, you know, produ producing my own comedy shows, stand-up comedy shows. My very first gig, I had this drunken, crazed heckler in the audience you know, your darkest midnight. He was like this light-skinned brother, you know, real snaggletooth, drunk. He should have just been tossed right out of the bar. He's screaming at me and babbling at me. And and the thing is, he he knew the owner of the bar that I was doing my show at. He seemed to be like close friends with the owner of the bar. So I didn't really know what to do. I was so blinded by what I wanted, you know? I was so blinded by what I wanted. I wanted my show to be a success that I didn't just tear his ass apart like I should have. I shouldn't have taken no guff, but I did. I, I tried to have that resiliency, that backbone. I kind of, you know, I threw some jokes at him, but they just weren't penetrating. They weren't getting the point across, like... Yo, you need to shut up and back off. Wasn't really working. I had a slip up. I kind of shit the bed on that one, so to speak. You know, but I had the resiliency to fight the best I could, but I was blinded by my own wants. So, you know, it was kind of a failure on my part. Then there was another show in the series of shows I did. Our Righteous Mike, where I had this group of hecklers, these old drunken 
buffoons just <laughs> fuck you <laughs> just babbling on a brute blue streak babbling on like a brook i confronted it and chopped them down like it should be put them in their place handled my business the show was you know a success for that night i had another situation where there was this female audience member who was offended by something i said i don't know what it was maybe i was talking about dr seuss Maybe I was talking about Peppy the uh, Pele or Peppy the fucking skunk, you know? Hello there, my little pigeon. Mademoiselle. Where are you, my little pigeon? You know, maybe I was talking about fucking Peppy the fucking skunk or whatever. Pele, whatever his name is, you know? Even though I love Looney Tunes. I think it was Peppy, right? Peppy Le Pew? Yeah, Peppy. Who doesn't love Peppy Le Pew? People are bitching and whining and belly aching in this day and age to cancel him. You know, they're just racist. They hate French people. Anyway, I was saying some fucking thing. Some female audience member gets up and after the show, she walks up on me, right? This comic was funny. That comic was funny. Then she pointed at me. But you, you need to work on it. I was like, thank you. She was like, I guess she thought I was going to, like, be offended by that or something. I guess she thought I was a wet blanket the way she's a wet blanket. But it didn't really penetrate, right? She's just like, you need to work on it. I was like, thank you. She goes. She waddles her fat ass off. Of course, she was a fat, frumpy, dumpy fucking woman. You know, the type. Miserable. She really hates herself. But anyway, um, you know, she waddles off. And that just goes to show you, like, resilience. People want to chop you down for no reason other than you want to be you. You want to go after your dream. You want to live your reality. And that threatens the world around you. People are threatened by your um, desires and goals and motivation. They see your accomplishments as their failures. Your strengths as their weakness. So that's why you have to have resilience. And it's so effing vital as a stand-up comedian. And across the board, whatever you do. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. Quick sip of water. Water break balls. Don't mind me balls.